Alright. We are going to get into the chaos of the third chakra. Action and projection. You struggle. You act with confidence. Okay. Remember, the third chakra in... Alright. I wanted to briefly intervene and just jump into the symbology of the physical forms that represent metaphysical thought forms. They're powerful tools of chaos, sorcery, mysticism that can bypass the conscious or mind completely. So you circle their square and use it against the square like building blocks. Communicate directly with the unconscious chaos mind. Below, I, I will have links to these symbols like our logo with the, it's like an eight-pointed star with a nine in the center. It's known as many names, it's a powerful symbol that the consciousness picks up on whether we're aware of it or not. It's the chaos cross and it's got arrows pointing eight directions. It, you've probably seen it in North Nordic um, or Norse ruin staves and different magical spells. It was this one in particular that the picture I have was from an author named Michael Moorcock for his Elric of Melnebron fantasy stories and the eight arrows emphasize the manifold possibilities inherent in chaos. It's opposed to the single path of, quote, truth associated with order. It's adopted by chaos magicians in the 1980s at large. Became a standard symbol of chaos. Chaos's sorcerers use it ritually to invoke chaos via the four cuts as described, the chaos store. So there's the chaos wheel as well as the chaos eye. And I, I will talk about that after this next portion about action and projection. Awesome. Okay, this is the solar plexus chakra. When you struggle, you act with confidence, like a fire. It sets you alight with idealism. You use it to energetically advance an empowering truth, mission, or cause. When used in a balanced way, you stand tall with confidence, know your values and beliefs, and easily stay brave and strong to advance your calling or goals. Fire also warms and illuminates, burns away with all rubbish, and is a sign of civilization as well. Overuse of this chakra invites fanaticism, mythologizing people and objects into angels and demons, and blindness to one's own faults. Just always go back to the void of endarkenment, the dark glow of the black sun. This chakra center is called Manipura, links to the element of fire. Manipura means jeweled fortress or the fullness of jewels. It sits at our solar plexus and near the stomach, which breaks down food 
and near the adrenal glands, which builds our muscles and power our fight response. Here we are energized towards goals, but also prone to conflict. We are alight with the truth, quote unquote, and revere holiness, but are terrified of demons and heretics. We easily singe ourselves and others. Jung expounded on this center. Carl Jung, it is a powerful and dangerous space that dominates much of human activity. When we are born, we emerge from a watery womb into the light of a harsh world. In this new world, we are easily disturbed and we lash out like fire to destroy any irritants and to saturate our desires. As Jung points out, this chakra also links to the sun and rebirth in myth and religion. When reborn, we start a new kind of existence with the external soul, the eternal flame, the eternal soul, and may start with a different name and even a new family. We join something larger than ourselves with a purpose and mission. We reorient to an energizing abstraction that we worship or defy that allows us to escape the fertility, fertility of personal existence into the promise of an eternal existence. Often, there are clear changes in our goals, philosophy, and behavior when this happens. This rebirth may be religious or secular. Either way, it is extreme. As a modern example, Star Wars represents this idea of light side of the force versus the dark side of the force. We are called to pick sides and fight the illusion of duality. Several clues signal when the chakra is active. First and foremost, we are highly energized, but we also aggressively push down some parts of ourselves while projecting our unconscious parts into the world. As a result, we can be rigid vigilant and judgmental. Self-righteous is an extremity of this case. We pick fights as we engage. We have our allies. We have our sacred, divine. We have our profane foes, enemies. So you have four different sides in this box, cube. And then the fifth is you the champion yourself, the one and only first playing character of this matrix simulation game. The third chakra, action and projection with truth as a guide star. We are energized to take action towards goals, though we can get extreme. Demonizing and idolizing are opposites seeking to slay anything that represents the other 
our old life or demons, people or desires that hinder salvation. We view all of this conflict as making way for progress. For as Jung repeats, war is the father of all things. In this center, we are also prone to think with our solar plexus, to shoot and grab and suffer explosions. Sex, power, every devil in the nature gets loose. We are filled with shirts wants and needs because this chakra is the source of all desire the whole emotion world ultimately our lofty goals and standards are impossible to sustain for somebody caught in the center young quotes buddha the buddha the whole world is in flames your ears, your eyes, everywhere you pour out the fire of desire, the flaming sword. And that is the fire of illusion because you desire things which are futile. On the plus side, like the radiant sun, this chakra is a source of illumination, empowerment, and passion. We strive to make ourselves and this world better, even if we are misguided. Jung doesn't mention falling in love, but consider all the ways we place upon the pedestal those we admire. Projecting our desires for an idolized union. The resulting vision, the conflict it creates, makes us feel alive even though the person we love cannot live up to the mythic role we've given them mythalizing the bible offers many examples of this chakra's intense drama for example the otherwise pious king david seduced the beautiful Bathsheba and then saved her from punishment for adultery by sending her husband your Uriah to certain death in battle. Uriah was torn between his own selfish desires and his genuine zeal to follow divine edicts that act as a ward against the consequence of unchecked desires. Or recall Jesus' disciples after he visited them from beyond the grave. They saw tongues like flames on fire. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Little did they know, then, the unique tribulation awaiting each of them. Community is often central here. Necessarily, when we were reborn, we are set apart from the assumptions and cares of the common culture, which lie back in the first chakra to sustain our energy for the cultivated truth. We seek like-spirited and right-minded persons. The community is a castle for shared values. Members may share a language, race, 
sex, or such. Though mere physical similarities belong to the second chakra, these communities are often call on members to leave behind family, possibly even betray family, to serve truth or walk with the men in the white robe, the gods of order, the orderite gods. These communities, whatever community, it fosters shared beliefs, goals, and interests. And since different groups hold different values, conflict is a byproduct. Among groups, there are different idols, competition for resources, perceptions of aggression, tangled allegiances, acts of aggression, secrets and blinders, the drives for power and domination, communities, demonical nature of opposites, and the fertility of the supposed truth ensures conflicts continue. Now jumping back to symbology, part two, the chaos star. It's a variant of the chaos cross that was popularized by Peter Coral in his seminal magical book, Libor Null. It's a three-dimensional form. It's called the chaos sphere or chaos star. It's a magical seal that the sorcerer can visualize in rituals to invoke chaotic energies, focus us in his attentions, and manifest his will. Chaos Wheel, or Clon Thrall, is a variant of the Chaos Star that emphasizes the cycular dynamic nature of chaos. The counterclockwise orient wheel shown in the pictures I have represent the antinomy or destruction aspects of chaos. The clockwise chaos sorcerers use its oriented wheel represents the orthodox or creative aspect of chaos. Chaos sorcerers may employ either symbol depending on whether their purpose is creative or destructive, orthodox or antiminal. It's the chaos eye the sonogram of the black sun, many different symbols that you may have seen but didn't realize what it was. Psychologically speaking, we encounter our unconscious in the center, but we also polarize its part as perfect or terrible, and we erect barriers against it so it does not burn us. Jung observed how these barriers take many forms. We invent rites, rituals, rules, protocols, customs, mantras, old sayings, slogans, and similarly similar defenses. This chakra symbolic animal is the ram an object of sacrifice to appease the divine. If the sacrifice is done by the rules, then success. Otherwise, disaster may occur. Indeed, we are always taking care. We whisper about truths, 
the Holy Flame, GD's name, or the Biblical Ark of the Covenant, because they are too hot to touch directly, and rules will keep us safe. Similarly, we speak obliquely about sin and failure, quote-unquote, and hypocrisy, hypocrisy so that we do not invite evil. While these examples are religious, secular ideologies have their own, quote, holy mantras, relics, and rituals. Whatever the protocols to manage our unconscious desires and fears, such barriers guide and support free willpower. And they hold back anger and a thousand other motions, like a pressure cooker. A society might allow ritual combat, self-flagellation, exhausting coming-of-the-age trials, and so forth as ways to release steam, ritual combat, so uh, prevent explosions of fighting, destruction, destruction and killing. Today's world is ripe with action and projection, where the ends justify the means in a name of power or progress. Some may survive cut off from power, sacrificing faith in order to avoid error. A few others utterly embrace war or a violent, radicalized ideology based in the solar plexus with shouting, rioting, and destruction. But for most of us, the purveyors of television, politics, and the informant industry stroke this chakra day and night. They aim to excite our senses in the white sunlit world desires. Else the titillation of passions, they excite our senses in order to profit themselves. They rile us up, divide us against each other, and present images of jewels that titillate our passions all materialized, all manufactured, where celebrities take on the roles that temple idols played in prior eras. They are presented in a way that mesmerizes and is glamorous. The original meaning of the word glamour, it has the word amour in it, which is in French is love, by the way, and then gla like illusion. It's illusion, deceit, or distraction. Glamour. Glamour. Glamorized. Fabrication. Puffed up. Not truthful. Not honest or ethical. We speak of fans, quote-unquote, today, forgetting on it these, uh, you know, that this word means fanatical. To be a fan is to be a fanatical or a follower of the individual or ideology, philosophy, etc., or God and dogma. 
Young lived before our media age bloomed fully. He did not comment on it in his lectures. This is my own observation, but it seems fit and ripe to the setting. We tend to blindly err in perception and judgment. When caught in this chakra, for example, we overlook faults of whatever we idolize or make holy or we chalk up faults to unusual molehills and unusual circumstances or rare and trivial events. In contrast, the faults of those we vilify are exploded from molehills into mountains. Our foes suffer from vile character, hopeless stupidity, hatred, or lethal weakness that is a threat to everyone. This is called fundamental attribution error. And this chakra is prone to an unending litany of such errors. The great error is that the truth is obvious and we are perfectly rational and wise, while the other is irrational, stupid, and perhaps evil. This center is where we consciously experience and embrace our strengths and the power of ego. We get to know our core needs and values, and we strive to express our preferred ways of perceiving and deciding things. For many people, when they discover their true calling, or, quote, true self, they experience a profound rush of energy. They no longer feel lost, odd, or, quote, just a chip off the old block. They find validation and receive a title or label. They celebrate their nature. In contrast, that person's non-preference remains a mysterious the person might say, quote, I'm very open. No wonder I don't like my boss. She's very closed. Quote. The differences can leave us anxious, even if we want to be tolerant. Or we can idolize this person, perhaps irrationally. Someone might say, quote, I'm very emotional, but my partner is a genius with math and science, unlike me, so very rational. This is stereotyping and oversimplifying with boxes. Even when we mean well, more plainly, we know we're here when we overplay our preferences, hate on others who aren't like us, or use dehumanizing terms like them. Our behavior here often comes with a well-meaning place. After all, we're sharing the fruit of this great insight. But imagine a person has a major life-changing experience. Say the divine unity of the crown chakra, chakra, and then returns to the grind of daily life. He or she might have to survive for years off the fumes of that wonderful hour. This is particularly true when we experience was random, without means to revisit that higher chakra. Instead, 
The second chakra is tasked with locking rebirth into the body, while this chakra is tasked in providing ongoing energy and direction, perhaps through rituals, rules, and campaigns against the opposition. In day-to-day life, we are here whenever we get caught in a fury tornado of psychological projection. To quote a Japanese phrase, we're here when, quote, our stomach stands up, end quote, as we face down demons that are exaggerated reflections of our own adolescent impulses, dark urges, and ugly failings, young states that even when we do not spend a lot of time in this chakra, we may experience eruptions of emotion and opinion that smolders like old fires from the past. So, I'm a solutions kind of man. Let's get empowered. Here's some mindful activities that I've put together with these quote-unquote chakras to cultivate an empowered life based in values, which grows on morals and then ethics, which each person has, whether they're aware of it or not, unless they're just completely disdained, discord, disconnected, sociopathic, um, and things such as that unethical which no one is entirely, but we like to put that depiction on on that and of that in blame an entity such as a power like Satan, 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 Saturnalia, or we'll call it these demons tempted me. The devil made me do it. Blaming this power, this energy that's on your left side of your brain, when imbalanced, does not necessarily justify and rationalize your actions that you take upon another, perhaps innocent folk or bystander. Putting someone in the way of harm, suffering, an attack, can be held to legality in the judicial system. You can be arrested for this or that, or even killed, hung, artificial insemination, different ways they handle people who are cold and discorded to their human emotions and morals. So what do we do to prevent from even getting close to that quote-unquote devilish side of ourself and find the opposite, what we'd say the true self, which my belief is since there is no duality and we believe singularity, both darkness and light make up a singular euphoric bliss once wielded the individual living soul knows the importance of both as one and therefore has a healthy medium or balance in other words you have to know your evil side and things that are quote-unquote bad actions that makes you feel perhaps guilt or shame which leads to regret, forgiving yourself and not falling into your own fear of that temptation. We all have an evil or dark side. It's a matter 
of recognizing that, identifying it, and perhaps making the choice and actions to not project it onto others and maybe balance it out within yourself. So we look at focusing on your strength is a way to do that. Identify and develop your talents. Your talents are where you shine and gain rewards just by doing them, right? Just do it or just do it. These are your birthright. And when you build on them, you really shine as exceptional. If you are currently using your talents, great. If not, you notice a talent. You notice a talent that's going untapped. Find a way to bring it out into your life. It could be music. It could be video games. It could be making videos on YouTube, TikTok. I've done this for the past 12 years in my business, Plot Palm Trees Productions, and felt it was part of who I was. Now I see today being thoughtless and disconnecting, detaching from my own company and my projects which were my only creative outlet for writing and poetry and philosophy and videography as well as my own art and music. Now, I'm at a new evolved level of spiritual evolution, enlightenment, a golden age within myself where everything is singular bliss and euphoria because I visualize it to be so. I've canceled out negativity. And one of the things it led me to was being thoughtless and silent, still. Gazing at the sun still here and there when I feel called to. Remaining balanced, doing my own breathing and stretching exercises with the black sun. The inner void, going back to that darkness. Realizing I don't have to be doing anything with my so-called talents. Or the greatest part is humbling myself with these talents where maybe I don't need to share my artwork with someone or play my music to myself with no one listening. These are really great ways to get to know yourself and be in tune with your actual own spirit, your living soul. And you can do this in any way. You, we all do this where we in the bath, bathroom on the toilet and we do our own thing, whistling or sing in the tub, sing in the shower. We have our own identity and we may even be embarrassed if someone saw that this other side to us that is our secret soul side. We have a public side we want people to see. We allow people to see the one mask version where we can hide in a shell our hidden life which only friends and family, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, see the hidden life, the at-home life. But then it goes a step deeper into the secret life, which normally only you know, and that is your absolute true self. That, if, if that goes untapped and unchecked, and say there's something wrong with something you do in secret. You could live with the guilt or shame deep within and it will grow because you're not 
dealing with it head on and saying, I either accept myself based on if I were caught or someone saw me in this light, that I would not be ashamed of it. Or be courageous and say, this is who I am, this is what I am, and I don't care what you think. So those are some options, because I don't want to live in guilt or shame. I don't even want to live in fear. So you can identify your goals as a way to regulate this within yourself. What does your ideal world look like, in other words? Consider what you are passionate about and how to manifest that. What steps will you take to get to that world? Visualize it, allow it, feel it, connect with it, and then know it will be around the corner, so just let it go. One way, shape, or form, you're going to get there. It might be a different way. It may be this maybe exactly how you envisioned it and dreamed about it you might start with a finished picture and work backwards there are goals and signposts to success everywhere just be resourceful pay attention to your gut the intuition gut feeling and take courage to take actions on what you feel you want what do you want grab it get it It's yours. What excites and motivates you? Then get it. Do what you will. And what helps you keep looking around for resources like people, ideas, practices, and tools that help you progress and stay strong to get these? You might need to go on a pilgrimage of sorts. So you could join a community, which I would say join join like minds and living souls. Locate a group of like minds and hearts. This might be a circle of friends, colleagues, fellow faithful. Work with others to promote your shared views, for instance, and build towards shared goals. Avoid getting mired in pettiness and gossip. And stay away from the the oncomalities and commonalities of who you are and what makes another person who they are and getting mixed up in stereotypes and things such as this, like archonic, trivial, matrix world stuff. You can tame the myth-making. Name the mythic roles that you project onto others, including people groups you do not know, such as celebrities and politicians. Trust that they are human like you, not monsters or or saviors. Take off the myth lens by listing your commonalities as well as differences. I used to think Oprah was evil and the Illuminati controlled all these things and these people were their puppets. Whether someone finds that as reality in the true spectrum of things in this matrix simulation, I began to look at those sort of people as not evil, not demonic, not devils, but as someone who's just like me or you and living souls. And really, you'd be shocked if you knew the private or secret 
version of these individuals, you would be surprised that they're a whole lot like you. It, same commonalities, intentions at hand. We all want the same things. And I think those same things are peace, serenity, uh, and euphoria, whether we think we, we deserve that or not. But you can tame the myth-making, and you could do something like meditation or yoga. I'd say black sun meditation yoga and black sun gazing, which is slightly different. There's no rules. There's no counting. There's no conscious mind. It's the opposite of everything you've been taught. Unlearn all these practices and rituals, but take what you want and will with it. Creatively devise your own divine practice and don't keep it consistent. Remember, your practice is to keep it spontaneous and in the chaotic, the chaos route at all times, basically, as much as needed and possible. By the order right, conscious side of the mind, overly taking it and saying this is good this is bad this is good this is bad this is evil this is good this is holy we diversify a duality and it's a bigger picture of art it's not just purple but it's a certain shade of purple looking at the details of the painting of the reality and that all the colors work together to make one big picture, focus on the, the big picture. And that is what the third eye, the pineal gland, what I call the first eye or crown chakra is about. You can just look at something, blank stare, and almost have your third eye zooming in on it and can read right in on it and say, I don't wanna watch that. This is a waste of my time. That's nonsense. These conspiracy theories is too much. It's gonna stress me out. How's that pertain to me to be woefully endowed to the end of the world, the sky is falling, living in fear-mongering mode that is only going to entrap one into a miserable suffering and that leads to anxious, depressive states of thinking, which can be hard to get out of. Immediately, if that happens, you feel that. That's your gut feeling. Your intuition is saying, this, is, this individual's crazy, but... I love them. I'm going to move on and, and not going to allow them to energy extract me with the gossip, the rumors, the fear. And they want to know my expression, my thought professor, my emotional entail, what I think about it. How do I react? How did this person react? And most of them are programmed in the matrix to do that. And it's basically from peers and then higher up, say your boss, programs other people in the community through peer pressure. Those individuals will treat you a certain way, which starts to groom you to think and be a particular way that you normally would not or are not. And then one day you wake up and you're actually spouting and quoting this off the wall rhetoric to get attention or move up in the matrix based on how you were you were you were engineered socially to react and operate in a particular way much like you would a robot 
and this is why many of them we refer to as artificial intelligent soulless archon beings just keep your distance and stay true to yourself during these things you can bring your hands to the solar plexus when you meditate you can rub your palms to warm them together or make a fist right hand cup in your left drawing them visualize fingers as flames and in your heart solar plexus in your heart see a spinning merkaba if you're not sure what that is look up merkaba it's a three-dimensional pyramid stacked on another three-dimensional pyramid upside down so it makes a sharp a star shape much like the star of david and that is where the solar plexus is it's where it all begins we're talking about here the stomach the gut feeling right above the the other chakras the stomach it, this is the action gateway okay so you visualize your fingers on fire and merkaba in your stomach to your heart opening when standing or moving stay erect and confidently focused on ways to build heal and help using your unique gifts to constructively improve yourself or any situation you can also give thanks every day it's what I've learned stepping back looking at everything you have and appreciate to something larger than yourself be thankful for your talents successes lessons gained from setbacks your higher self is guiding you exactly where you should be when you just let go and trust and know everything's going to be fine there's no wrong way to do this there's no wrong path or right path there's just this is your path be life be real to be wise and when you say be wise that sums up this third chakra action and projection but by taking actions but first knowing what it is you intend on what do you want if you don't know necessarily what you want then just let it go and go with the flow those if they are meant to be an inevitable inevitable serendipity so be it they are meant to be even if you go on the order right path and all analytical and straight laced and squared that becomes a part of your natural chaos and chaotic path it ties in and that means any of the mishaps and disorder that comes in goes along with that just like Yahweh's Garden of Eden paradise it was really a paradise prison and it was so perfect and square it was like heaven and look a serpent got into the paradise and then taught these many gods how to escape the prison by entering a chain of enlightenment by eating the forbidden fruit of good and evil realization okay so anything that's perfect will always have chaos come knocking at its door chaos will always slither its way in you cannot square the circle 
not indefinitely. You can try, and it'll only last temporarily until you're miserable, depressed, in suffering, in pain. The best way is to let go of all of it. Be in the circle. Be in the flow. The flex. The dielectric acceleration. Magnetize. You can do things like stay true to yourself. Stay true to your goals. Through It could be mutual aid, friends you trust, your own little prayer or soothing, uh, soothsaying, other practices. It's nothing is definite. When we... When you read a book or go to a religious thing, just know, always add that hidden extra flavor of your own chaos. Take or leave whatever it is. Someone's telling you, you got to do it this particular way, have this discipline, and you got to do count this many times and that. A lot of those things can work to a certain degree. Squaring, knowing, in other words, our bodies magical abilities right and manipulating them okay so you can do that but then like i said have a little chaos added in with it do your own version of it don't hold too much anal retentive order that it stresses you out once it starts to stress any part of your soul then just let it go just like being thoughtless when you start thinking what time is it what am i going to do next sitting and literally becoming thoughtless again start back to square zero the event horizon go back to that dark dark darkest of darks the blackest of blacks void there's power in that no matter what absolutely even the color a shirt or a black book black shirt is attracting, absorbing the light, and it's building up power. It's magnetizing. It's it's energy. Hold it. What held in? It's what holds the light. By the way, without the darkness, the source, there could be no force or light. Light is a miracle, manifestation, a magic trick, an illusion of its finest. So. I have a picture that I'm going to put on this podcast so you can see. And Jung, he helps people with symbolism and how to find and resolve their issues. You can do that at the t- tablet. I'm going to post the tablet and the exercise. Um, how you can explore using this chakra. And so we're squaring the ideology of this solar plexus. Know your identity and values. Energize to take action. Life holds meaning and purpose. Confidently move towards goals or ideas. Stand firm for what matters to you. Identify foes or allies without making them into idols, angels, or demons. Let it go. I'll become one. Part of intentional community, if you wish. You'll see you'll be able to have a a prominent amount of power when people see where you're at with this spiritual, there'll be something special about you. You're you're the main character, a living soul, and not a non-playable character. He just is programmed to do as they're told. No. Stay informed without falling prey to the slogans and wishful thinking. Don't don't square the, the circle. Quote unquote truth. 
breaks the outer frame in the upper right hand corner. Truth is an all-seeing eye that offers divine pronouncements. The stalwart knight at the center is a resilient ego. It faces towards truth. By truth's tablets of law, the ego divides the world into four quadrants, square box. You're in the middle, and there's four boxes around you, four corners. The upper right hosts a holy angel, that's truth's messenger, an all-seeing eye being above it, the higher self, the highest self. You open your third eye, your first eye. Three good people, the illuminated, sing in the upper left hand, while three bad, the undarkened, bark in the lower right. Excuse me, the lower, lower left. No, it was the lower, lower right. So the right is in darkened. Your left, upper left, is illuminated like angelically your allies. Okay? The lower left contains a crowd of terrifying demons led by the devil to represent the untamed and terrifying unconscious. Right? Flames motivate, ward, and guide us. Okay? And that be in the center. And uh, so there's five basic ways to divide this if you want to square this up, the spiritual solar plexus. So if you look at this tableau, what comes to mind? What memories does it invoke for you? Consider meanings or stories does it inspire? You might meditate quietly on this image, perhaps with a question in mind. Or feel free to draw your, draw your own symbolic version of this chakra. Sometimes people adopt a total new way of perceiving and deciding. It can be any ism. It can explain everything. It feels empowering and purposeful. However, that ism usually has them in its grip. It binds and squeezes them like a Medusa. And it gets highly reactive. When do you get like that? Maybe when someone who does something that you don't like or goes against maybe perhaps what you believe or don't believe. It takes me to symbolism, the great symbolism we talked about earlier. Now, going back to symbology, this is part three, the chaos eye. It's a variant of the chaos star associated with opening gateways into the chaos verse the summoning it forces and demons into the cosmos. It is an excellent symbol for adoring chaos temples and sorcery altars. The order star, on the other hand, is the Agyad Barug, or anti-chaos star, Zen Klan Berig, is the inverse of the chaos star. Its eight rays converge to create a single form object on an eight-point star. This, the rays, converge to create a single-formed object, an eight-pointed star. The rays are bounded within a circle. Visualize a circle 
and an eight-pointed star pointing out. The rays are bound within a circle, representing the order of limitation rather than infinite chaotic possibility. Use this symbol analogously to how chaotes or chaotes use the chaos star as a magical seal against chaos and a sign to their metaphysical allegiance to order. Chotes may use it symbolically as a symbolic attack, order. For example, by drawing a symbol of peace on a piece of paper, then ritually burning it, which would mean to cause chaos to their order, set their order up for failure, in other words. The order fractal is a symbol that we will get back to after this part here. This leads me to symbol symbology part four. The chaos fractal is a symbol of fractality. The chaos star within the order star represents the chaos infusion of the cosmos. Within that infusion, there is order, and within that, there is chaos and infinitum. The chaos fractal, con ishkad, is the complement of the order fractal. The order star within the chaos star represents the existence of order within chaos. The chaos within order at infinitum. Then you have the crossroads, which you normally know is the popular cross, but it's a it's equal on all sides, four corners, pointing outwards. The crossroads, it's an ancient metaphysical concept associated with the limitality, limitation, and synchronicity, and charge, and change. In folk magic and witchcraft, the crossroads is a place where the magical and mundane worlds intersect. And new possibilities open up for the sorcerer or living soul who makes offerings there. We represent the crossroads with a simple cross symbol pictured like a cross, which is half of the eight-armed chaos cross. The chaos crossroads incorporates five aspects of chaos. Possibility, a casualty, Limit, uh, liminality, creativity, and destructivity, which we know are the chaos codes. If you haven't heard me talk about the chaos code before, basically the succinct measurement of our findings for the nine terrible truths is let there be light, that's your conscious abilities, this too shall pass, any destructive possibilities that occur, this too shall pass. It's just for the moment. It, your light will shine. You will control it in the darkness. Because nothing is true. Like the nihilist belief that no matter what you hear in this matrix, nothing is true. Or rather, truth is permitted. It can change. Everything is permitted, in fact. Meaning there's a thin line between the veil of a supernatural magical world and floating around and flying 
And what we see today is already magical with how we breathe oxygen, we eat foods, we create other babies and living beings, which becomes taken for granted, but it is still a magical wonder, a miracle that it happens. There, there's other things that could or can possibly happen if you're open for it, because form is emptiness. So anything that you see physically, it's also empty. As is above, so below. As above, so below. Everything is within each other. There is no duality. We already know that's an illusion. And that the gods play dice, meaning random syncrasy and spontaneous can occur spontaneous generations. So we say gods like to play dice, or anything can happen. And I will go deeper on these because the last one is the veil is thin, like I said earlier, between a supernatural cosmic fifth dimension world that spiraled through the fourth wall into our third dimension. We did start with the fifth dimensional form inside the womb of North Pole or Hyperborea. These type of anomalies and paradoxes are still enigmatic to our third dimensional brain unless we've experienced it spiritually unless we've experienced it physically spiritually and ascended through our plasma hyperborean fifth dimension form and then one day we will enter the kingdom of the sixth dimension dar unless there is like i said the veil is thin when we die, we cross over and reincarnate back to the hell loop here in the light. That's why they say follow the light. They're misconstruing the reality. So this is all the crossroads of the possibilities I said. Those pi possibility, a casualty, limit, limity, creativity, and destructivity. These are some magical things you can do to have power. Okay, it's the uh, octality, is what we call it. It's creativity, amorphicity, possibility, amorphicity, a casualty, liminity, fractuality, destructivity, and nility, like nihilism. And uh, if I have on this segment, I may mention each one. In more detailed description. Um, but the Hagalas in the physical crossroads, we simplify by making cuts on the air on any surface. So you can make an H symbol, but you have the, the one side higher on that H bracket. It goes up and it goes down. It's called the Hagalas, ruin. Above is the letter H. In Elder Futhark, Germanic alphabet, its name means hail, like all hail, and it is interpreted as a symbol of Gnan Gap Gap Gagap Gnan Gagnap Gagap, or primordial chaos, natural catastrophes, disruption, forms, and wild nature. This ruin is an all-purpose symbol of chaos. If you feel up 
for it, then I highly recommend it. Symbology. Now, number five. The snake star. Which is just like it says. It looks like a snake, and it's four and four. So, eight-pointed star, but imagine a slithering swirl of the snake. That movement the ebb and flow that a snake makes snakes are ancient symbol of chaos which we combine with the eight-armed nature of chaos to create the snake star or krasburag shown in this picture below these symbols are used in chaos sorcery to create serpentine servitors and by chaos cults such as sex and apep the practice of snakes variation uh, veneration as means of honoring their serpentine chaos god they are also used to represent sahag's cruism and atlantean eight sna uh, eight snake god form known as the seal of apep a-p-e-p it's a long slithering snake weaving through itself with the pattern one, two, three, four, five, six, and six swirls on each side. The seal of Apep is a symbol derived from the ancient Egyptians painting that depicts Apep, the serpent god of chaos, being attacked by Ra, the supreme god of order, chaos followers who work with the ancient Egyptian mythos may invoke the power of Apep by using the symbol in their sorcery rituals, painting it on their temples, or tattooing on their flesh. The seal is a cult symbol for the sect of Apep. Thank you for watching. All hail the dark myth. The earth is concave by Cypress Star, which I would further um, also analyze that it also goes deeper than this to a fifth dimension intertwining into this matrix simulation through the fourth wall, 4D time and space uh, molecular structure, the um, what they call the Solus Demiurge or Elohim, and through the North Pole, this happens. This is where Hyperborea was known throughout the ages. And we're living on the bending light going around the celestial sphere. So uh, it goes deeper than this, but this is a great bridge um, to get out of the PSYOP flat earth. We're not on a flat earth. It's just not magnetically or physics show it's not possible to live in. We would have to live in the dielectric black hole in order for that, for flat to be th third dimensional. So everything works in its wholeness as the ether is so within, so without, which would mean it'd have to be a fifth dimensional uh, creation. And we can't even put that into words or measure. No man will be able to take a picture of where we are residing other than mountain ranges and things like that. Uh, can't go to a certain point with the celestial sphere known as the sky. So I'm just going to jump right into the flat earth landed on my computer screen close to December 2016. I must not be the only one in this case to have had my YouTube homepage full of videos selling me that 
Earth is a disk covered with a glass dome sailing in the universe, which I'll just say, we know. If you're here, you might want to turn this off if you believe still that we are on a spinning ball globe going through millions of miles of outer space and galaxies. You probably won't want to hear this. Um, just forewarning. Okay.